0: This is the Sibling Library podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now.
1: Welcome everyone to Sibling Library. This is the podcast where we read, share, and repeat. I'm hosting today. My name is Katie and I'm joined by my two sisters, Megan and Julia. Say hello, both of you. Hello, hello both of you. perfect so today is a very rainy gloomy day which i think in my opinion is the perfect day to sit and read a book or sit and talk about a book that we've read so that's what we plan to do today
0: well today as we record who knows the day this comes out
1: good point good point well we do know the day this comes out but we won't know what the weather will be i guess is what you meant Thank you. <laughs> Slow on the uptake. I have not finished my coffee yet. Apologies. So, our main topic for today um, is going to be a book that we all read together. And it was one of the Goodreads Awards winners for 2023. I believe it won in two categories. Is that correct? It won in Best Historical Fiction and Best Debut Novel. And the the book is called Wayward, and it's by Amelia Hart. So I think maybe what I'd like to do is just start by getting both of your general impressions, non-spoilery general impressions of the book. How did you like it?
2: Um, overall, I liked it. I would give it two thumbs up. I do want to talk about at some point today, whether we agree of its categorization as historical novel or historical fiction, because I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, with that genre, but I overall give it two thumbs up.
1: Okay. And how about you, Julia? Uh,
0: I liked it too, and I am just going to pose that if we decide again to read um one of the goodreads yearly winners whatever they call them that we just go ahead and do um whoever wins for um first novel yeah debut novel
1: yeah because both last year and this year we read we read debut novels right i think i think that would Mm -hmm. be an interesting that'll make it easy for us to choose going forward
2: yeah all right, so I gave my general impressions. Julie gave hers, so Katie, what were your general impressions of the book?
1: I really enjoyed the book as well i I think I gave it a a four in Goodreads um, not because I didn't think it was great. I thought it was really well really well written, really well conceived, and um, I think. It was less enjoyable for me than I expected it to be, which I don't know why I expected it to be happier. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I, there's a lot of heavy content in in and throughout the story mm-hmm. that you know makes it makes it hard to read at at some at some points. And I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But overall, I, I definitely think it was a worthwhile read, and can see why it, why it won a couple of categories in the Goodreads Awards.
2: I agree. Yeah.
1: All right. So I thought we could jump into just a brief um, summary of the book just to kind of orient ourselves here. And then I have a fun activity for us to do. At least I thought it was fun, but you guys can tell me if I'm nuts afterwards. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, I'm going to read through a quick um, summary that I found online. Um because we all know if I try to summarize things, I will talk forever. So the story follows three women who share a common ancestry, but are separated by several centuries. They are Altha Wayward, Violet Ayers, and Kate Ayers. Their chapters alternate throughout the book. Altha is a 21 year old healer who lives in Crowsbeck, Cumbria in 1619. Her story is told using the first person narrative technique as she describes her trial for witchcraft. Violet lives in Orton Hall, only a few miles away from Altha's cottage, but she has been told nothing about her wayward relatives. She's 16 when her story begins in 1942. Her tale is told using third-person narration and describes her efforts to find her lost wayward heritage and escape her repressive family. Kate is 29 and living in London in 2019. Her story is also told using a third-person narrator, but events in her life are described in the present tense as they unfold. Unaware of her link to the wayward family, Kate escapes from an abusive boyfriend and goes on a voyage of self-discovery. As the stories of all three wayward women co- converge, the novel explores the themes of gender depression, gender depression and power struggles under patriarchy, the power of female solidarity, and love versus fear. So um, the the website goes into some very brief narratives of each of the women, which I'll go into later so you can kind of hear what each of their general plot lines are um but i thought what we could do was talk a little bit about what is the meaning of the word wayward um and then talk a little bit about some of the underlying themes and do our our activity
0: we haven't done one of our our word segments for a while what did we call that
1: oh word oh (laughs) is this an oh
0: word (laughs)
1: A very mini O word. I'm just going to re- literally read the definition, but we could talk a little bit more about it if you if you all have thoughts. Okay. So wayward actually spelled differently than it is in the novel because the novel it's it's their um, family name, but the the word itself is wayward. W a y w a r d. So really, this is an O wayward.
0: Is that why you've been sitting there chuckling at yourself? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're a mess, Megan.
2: (laughs) Anyway, word. Sorry.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. All right. All right. (laughs) Julian is having none of it. Okay. So the meaning of the word. Uh, Is following one's own capricious, wanton, or depraved inclinations, or in other words, ungovernable, uh, and a use of that would be a wayward child. Another meaning is following no clear principle or law, also to mean unpredictable, and another meaning is opposite to what is desired or expected, in other words, untoward, Um, and a a use of that would be like a wayward fate. Um, and we know that as time had, had gone on, the evolution of the of the use of the word can sometimes be used to mean weird as well. Um, so, thoughts? I
2: liked all of those definitions more than what I thought it meant, which was lost, because I didn't – well, it kind of it, – that that definition of it just meaning lost – does kind of make sense in the book as well because they're all kind of lost in a certain way trying to find their way back to to their roots essentially, um, which they find when they
1: all end up in Wayward Cottage. So That's a good point. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe a better question is knowing the, the definition of the word, how do we feel about its use as... The title of the book do we think it's appropriate do we think it it fits in with what the book was about
0: well considering i feel like there is a lot of thought into how the three timelines intertwined yes i think i think it was intentional and very well thought out as a title
1: yeah i would agree i think it captured a lot just in one word it was very smartly titled and mm-hmm. we know from uh something interesting i just made a connection um something interesting about the author is that she prior to writing this novel she was a lawyer she's an australian lawyer and who was it that we um we saw it was stacy lee right who we talked who we went to her author talk and she was her degree was in Um, was in law as well and a lot of what they were taught in their writing techniques is to be very succinct um and and not use a lot of fluffy language so it kind of makes sense that her the title of her book would be just a singular word if she had similar training Mm
2: -hmm. that's an interesting
1: thought i think it says a lot in just one word it captures a lot of a lot of meaning just in a single word. All right. So, um, as we've kind of touched upon, a lot of what's part of this book has to do with ideas and themes of witchcraft. So, uh, and and as we'll talk about later, a lot throughout the book um, depicts the our, our main characters having a certain connection to nature and to. Um, animals. And I thought it would be fun for us to find a, a quiz online and figure out who, what our familiar would be based on that quiz. So Megan's going to take us through the questions and then we'll go over our, our findings and see if we have, if we come up with similar answers.
2: <clears throat> All right. Question one. How would you like your animal familiar to assist you? A, by helping me garner a fresh perspective. B by directing me along the right spiritual path. C by dreaming up mischievous, mischievous schemes for us to enact. Or D by gathering ingredients for my potions. hee. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next question: Where do you hope to stumble upon your animal familiar? A on top of a mountain at sunset. B in a flower-filled meadow. C, on a black sand beach, or D, deep within the jungle? Let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. (laughs) Next question. Maybe your familiar could also help out with some practical tasks. What else do you hope they can do for you? A, it would be great if they could take care of some gardening for me. B, do you think they could run my errands for me? C. Maybe do my chores. I could use help with the dishes. Or D. They could pitch in with the bills and my streaming subscriptions. Let's say, sorry, next question. Let's say that your animal familiar will assist you in the invocation of a spell. What type of conjuring would you like to cast? A. A good health spell. B. A love spell. C. A wisdom spell. Or D. A revenge curse. Next question. In particular, which one of these hexes sounds ideal? A. Magically heal my aching back, legs, and head a thousand times better than painkillers spell. B. Fall deep in love with me on the night of the full moon spell. C. Give me superhuman wisdom so I can take over the world spell. Or D. Turn my enemy into a guppy spell. Next question. Let's say that a stranger observes your animal familiar. How will your familiar respond to them? A, by greeting them timidly but cheerfully. B, by scurrying away frightened. C, by flying around them menacingly. Or D, by stretching and inspecting them casually before walking away. That last one's definitely a cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next question. You and your animal familiar just might relocate somewhere new together. Wouldn't that be fun? So, where would you like to settle down? A. In a little cabin high up on a mountain. B. In a cottage deep within the forest. C. In an abandoned castle in a sea-coastal village. Or D. In a treehouse perched upon sprawling hills. Next question. Which of these would you love in an animal friend? Playful antics. Warm snuggles, fun tricks, or nonchalant indifference? I'm a warm snuggles kind of gal. Me too. Next question. Which of these mythological beings would you most like to meet? Fawn, jackalope, griffin, sphinx. Fawn is half person, half goat? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. And a jackalope is a big rabbit with antlers? Yes. And a griffin is?
1: (laughs) Half eagle, half lion.
2: And a sphinx is a cat, basically, right?
1: Well, cat with a human. It's like half human, half cat.
2: Why isn't unicorn on here?
1: That's a good question, because everyone would choose it.
2: Mm, Choose a griffin in honor of Metaphil. (laughs) If you could trade places with any animal for one week, would you do it? A. I'd be scared, but I'd give it a try. B. No way. C. Absolutely. I love new experiences. D. Sounds boring. I don't think so, but maybe I'll get back to you. Next question. Which one of these places sounds the most terrifying to you? A. The very edge of a slender, craggy cliff. B. A dark, tiny, enclosed space the size of a twin bed. C, a broken-down elevator, or D, a room full of people banging pots and pans and generally being as loud as possible. That was a hard one. Next question. Let's say that your animal familiar delivers you a special message of clairvoyance. Which fortune would you most like to hear right now? A, self-knowledge requires a lifelong journey. B, it takes courage to admit fault. C. Do not underestimate yourself. You hold infinite potential. Or D. Like the river flows into the sea, some things are meant to be. Next question. Everyone needs a little support now and then. What do you find you often need help with? A. My career. B. Relationships. C. Having fun. Or D. Stability. Next question. In order to channel your animal familiar, you must first harness an unwavering focus. Which method would you like to use along your journey to heightened spirituality? A. Ritual magic. B. Meditation. C. Hypnosis. Or D. Yoga. Next question. Which one of these material items do you covet most? A. Artwork. B. Musical instruments. C. Anything shiny and sparkly like jewelry. Or D. Cars. Or E. None of the above. (laughs) Hmm. Next question Are you more of a solitary being or do you prefer to be in the presence of others? A. I love to be around a lot of people. B. I'm a little shy, but I really am quite social. C. I love to be alone mostly or d i like a bit of both it just depends on my mood next question this is a long quiz next question which of which of these qualities do you most appreciate in the cl- in the which of these qualities do you most appreciate in those closest to your heart a playfulness b benevolence c intellect or d humor what does benevolence mean
1: well meaning and kindly thank you
2: Next question. Most likely, your familiar already has a name given to them in their own animal language. Weird, I know. But if they didn't, what would you name them? Billy, Bugs, Sable, or Beatrice? Next question. One of the perks of having an animal familiar is that they can help you obtain superhuman strengths. Which one of these newfound abilities would you like? A. The ability to maintain balance in even the most precarious places, B, the ability to hear on a nearly supersonic level, C, the ability to fly, or D, the ability to scale any tree or building and leap from immense heights. Next question. Which of these mystical crystals would you like to harness your powers from? Crystal quartz, agate, moonstone, or lapis lazuli? Complete guess there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what that was either.
2: Um, next question. In general, how many times do you try and fail at something before you give up? A. One million times. I always try, try again. B. Once and then I accept defeat. C. It doesn't take very many tries for me to accomplish anything, really. Or D. A couple times. Next question. Which of these good luck charms would you like to help bring you good fortune? A. A horseshoe. B. A rabbit's foot. C. A ladybug. Or D. A wishbone. D. A wishbone. Next question, whether you're superstitious or not, which of these bad luck signs might worry you the most? A, a Ouija board. B, walking under a ladder. C, saying the word Macbeth while inside a theater. Or D, a black cat crossing my path. Are you not supposed to say Macbeth when you're in the theater?
1: I don't know. We'll have to look that up. It wasn't something that made me nervous, so I, went, I answered with one of the other ones.
2: I definitely picked a Ouija board. Don't Same. don't bring me ghosts anywhere. Same. Um. Next question. Time to break out the tarot deck. Which major arcana card do you hope you draw? A. The Wheel of Fortune. B. The Lovers. C. The Magician. Or D. The Chariot. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> next question. Which of these ritualistic activities would you like to partake in with your animal familiar? A. Performing flute music while worshipping pagan deities. B. Casting spells in a sacred circle. C. Dancing around a fire under the full moon. Or D. Entering a trance-like meditative state. Next question. Everyone excels at something. Which one of these do you consider your greatest personal strength? A. Creativity. B. Compassion. C. Industriousness. Or D. Endurance. Next question are you more of a tiny medium or big dog kind of person a big dog b medium dog c tiny dog d I'm a cat person, thank goodness for that last one <laughs> next question how much for how much faith do you place in your intuition a a whole lot b not sure, but my flight response to fear is certainly quite strong c I always lead by logic and intuition or d None that would none. That would be pretty foolish, right? Next question. Everyone has something they could improve upon. And which of these areas could your familiar extend a little good grace? A. I'd love to be more patient. Even this quiz is really testing my patience. B. I'd like to improve on my attention. What was the question again? C. I'd like to be more honest. Actually, that's a lie, too. Or D, I'm a little cruel, which frankly doesn't bother me, but someone told me it bothers other people, so maybe that? Next question. In addition to your animal familiar, which of these Greek gods would you like to help guide you? A, Pan, god of nature, the wild, shepherds, and goats. B, Sibyl, goddess of caverns, mountains, nature, and wild animals. C, Aeolus, god of the winds and air, or D. Circe, goddess of magic who transformed her enemies into beasts. All right, I have my answer. Do you have your answer, Julia? And Katie yes, you have yours already, right? I have mine. Yes. Some somebody else go first because I've been doing a lot of talking.
0: I'm. I. I have a feeling we're all, we're all going to get the same thing.
1: But it was such a such an exhaustive l- list of questions. We can't have all answered them the same.
0: There's no way we didn't all get cat.
1: I did I not didn't get,
2: get cat.
0: Oh, I got cat.
2: That makes tell, sense. Tell us what cat means. I'm I'm jealous, but I'm not upset at mine. <laughs> I lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> this, I have an ad that is haunting me, and now it ruined everything. Oh, no. It, that's what it did to me when I was trying to read that one question. All right, Katie, while she's trying to get it back, what was yours?
1: Mine was Raven. Uh, it says your animal familiar is the Raven among the most mi- witty and intelligent of creatures. This winged fellow will help you mi- mind re- will help your mind reach new heights together. You will discover the immense possibilities that exist in nature and the universe. Of course, it needn't be strictly business. The two of you practical jokesters will use your magic to play plenty of tricks to do you have yours back, Julia?
0: No, I would have to take the whole thing again. Oh, no.
2: Well, well, I got a cat i think that's very accurate for you yeah (laughs) i got a goat oh
0: (laughs) well seeing as how you want to be a farmer that works
2: yeah um your animal familiar is a goat like the half human half goat greek god pan you are an immensely creative individual who possesses the power to inspire the world with your art and poetry that's not accurate (laughs) <laughs> when you connect with your familiar, you can reach your, the full potential of your artistic capacity, one that reaches nearly otherworldly results. I don't necessarily agree with the creativity and artistic part, but I like that I got a goat.
1: Hey, you drew our our
2: show art. I suppose.
1: I think but you're creative. It, thanks. Can you share for for our listeners, if anybody wanted to take the quiz for themselves, where that came from? Sure um this is from the website
2: how stuff works so i would assume if you go to that website you can then google familiar personality quiz i don't know how did you originally find it katie
1: i just googled quiz to find out familiar, what familiar personality is. quiz
2: yeah um so yeah you can start with it start with a google search and then choose the one house from how dot com.
1: that was fun thanks kate i thought so too I'm sure it was a very scientific way of figuring that out, and must be one hundred percent accurate.
2: I think it's interesting that we all got different things that doesn't often happen.
1: I do too, but yeah. that was part of why I chose one that had so many questions cause I figured that gave us the more more of an opportunity to have different answers from each other.
0: Well, I'm shocked that we didn't all get cat.
1: <laughs> I've become a little more of a dog person over the years. I still love cats, but
2: and i'm just I I'm just the goat, so.
1: boom there it is (laughs) Megan you just you are you are the goat Mm -hmm. all right so I think my next question that I want to jump delve into a little bit is um, has to do with each of the the three women in the book Um, I think it's it's interesting that you know, there's three of us and there's three women highlighted in the book. I wonder if we each connected differently with with um, each of the women. So my question is going to be, um, I think, and, and we're going to start to get into spoiler territory, just as a warning. If you have not read the book and you choose to, and you don't want to be spoiled, this might be a good place to stop or skip some time here. But I'm going to read a quick summary of each of the plot lines for each of the three women that, um, that are the main characters of the book. And then, put the question to each of you, which of these women did you connect with the most or, or which storyline resonated with you the most and why? So the first woman, well, it, they're all, the storylines are all running concurrently and they switch back and forth in the chapters. But in terms of um, actual chronological, in, ter- in terms of when they lived, the first woman is Altha, and she uh, her story takes place in 1619. She lives alone in Wayward Cottage, Crowsbeck, England. She's accused of witchcraft when a local farmer is trampled to death by his own herd of cattle. Like her mother, Altha is a folk healer whose methods run contrary to conventional medicine and draw the attention of local authorities. The misogyny of her culture causes Altha to be regarded with suspicion for her independent ways and lack of reliance on a man for survival. Like all the women in her family line, Altha has a strong connection to nature, which allows her to communicate with birds and insects. She uses this power to help her friend Grace, who's married to an abusive farmer. Summoning a crow to startle the farmer's herd, Altha orchestrates the stampede that causes his death and frees her friend. After a tense trial, she's cleared of the charge of witchcraft. Later, she returns to her cottage and writes down her experiences, locking her journal away in a drawer and passing the key down to her descendants. And then we have Violet, who lived in 1942, and she's a 16-year-old daughter of Lord Rupert, who's the master of Orton Hall. Her mother was a wayward woman who used her power to help Rupert gain his title after his family was killed in a carriage accident. She later realized that Rupert exploited her, and he locked her away, indirectly causing her death through a botched hysterectomy. Violet only learns these facts years later. When her cousin rapes her with the intention of forcing her to marry him allowing him access to their family fortune violet is banished to, to wayward cottage to conceal her pregnancy while there she finds altha's secret journal along with an herbal folk remedy that allows her to abort her rapist's baby after freeing herself from her oppressive father and potential marriage to her cousin violet pursues a career as an entomologist in her will she leaves the cottage to her grandniece Kate. And then we have Kate, who uh, is, her storyline takes place in 2019. Kate is 29 and living in London when the novel opens. She's involved in in, she's involved with an abusive boyfriend named Simon, who has taken control of her life and gotten her pregnant. After inheriting Wayward Cottage, Kate flees to Cumbria, hoping Simon will never find her. In the cottage, she stumbles across documents proving that she is also a wayward and possesses the same power over nature that her ancestors had. When Simon finally tracks her down, intending to drag her back to London, Kate unleashes a swarm of birds and insects. Crows peck out one of Simon's eyes, and he flees in terror. Later, he is arrested, but Kate no longer fears him. She now knows how to take care of herself and her new baby girl, whom she names Violet Alpha. So that gives us an orientation of and kind of a rundown of each of the women. As you read through it, was there any, for you, any storyline that you particularly connected with? And, and related to, you. I mean, hopefully not the things that were happening to them, but, um, you know, what, what did you think of each of them? And did you, or did you have a favorite storyline is maybe another way to pose that question.
0: I enjoyed Altha's storyline the most. Um, I mean, there was stuff to be upset about in all of them, but she really seemed to be the most in charge of herself and her story. Um, Both Kate and Violet got there, but they had to learn more about their heritage to get there, and Altha was there the whole time. So One thing that confused me, though, is I know at the end um, Altha found a way to keep her um, lineage going, but I would have been interested to know... Really like the whole family tree. Like I don't either. I wish they had done it so that all three of the storylines were kind of more separate and not as connected as Violet and um Kate were, because they were connected directly. Mm -hmm. Um, but like it was kind of a little more mysterious how Alpha, like how that whole family tree. Occurred to get to Violet, yeah. If that makes sense, yeah, because
2: there were multiple generations in between Alpha and Violet. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
0: but what what years did Alpha?
2: Sixteen, nineteen.
0: Because mm-hmm. they could have they could have done something. Some she could have done someone like in between that and a more modern one.
2: Yeah, or just had Violet find a family tree somewhere to be able to yeah. like line back to. Okay, or even she's Kate. Ma- yeah. yeah. To line be able to line back like okay she's my great 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 grandmother yeah. or aunt or whatever Cause, yeah
0: because I'm gonna assume also that all of the wayward women had some something, <laughs> something terrible happened because people don't like witchcraft
1: mm-hmm. yeah maybe maybe not I I think um, you you bring up an interesting point about Altha in that she. She had much more of a sense of self and identity and an understanding of her capabilities, mm-hmm. um, which allowed her to take charge of situations. And
0: and she was the only one of the three that had her mother.
1: Right. And and that's, that's exactly where I was going with that. I think she knew from the time she was born what she was capable of. And the other two women had to discover that through you know the the hardship that they were going through which i think maybe helped to manifest some of those capabilities that maybe were this is just speculation um you know maybe those were those had been fairly latent between altha and violet because i mean i can't imagine those <laughs> those women didn't didn't suffer you know the, the very similar types of treatment between 1619 and When was, when was Kate? 1942? No.
2: Violet was 1942. Sorry,
1: Mm -hmm. Violet was 1942. I mean, obviously we know that there's a long history of, um, poor treatment towards women, uh, during that time. So, you know, maybe that's not a great, um, theory. Uh, but I think in terms of storytelling it definitely was interesting to see that contrast of here's here's kind of where not necessarily where it started but you know for the for these two women this is far back as you can trace it mm-hmm. and um and then to see how these two women had to find themselves without you know without having the the benefit of prior knowledge and and kind of mentorship and, and guidance of another wayward woman in their family to teach them what, what they were and what they could do. Or maybe a better theory is, um, you know, leading up until, up until Violet, that lineage was such that there was that type of, of relationship between mother and daughter or, or family member and family member that all those women knew what they were until Violet when she wasn't able to grow up with her mother. Because her father took her away.
2: Yeah, I was also going to say that I not necessarily related to, but I was always the most excited to keep reading when the next chapter was an author chap- chapter. Um, and I think that it goes along for me. It was partially because that setting was kind of the most interesting to me. I haven't read anything taking place in sixteen in the sixteen hundreds. In a very long time, so um, I thought that was kind of cool. And then also, this is a a big spoiler, but um, I was feeling the whole time like okay this is like you know it seems like they're wanting us to feel like this is going to be your typical witch trial where she didn't do it but everyone thinks she did because she's different but it felt like more than that as i was reading and then it was so satisfying in the end to find out that yes she did in fact cause the death Mm -hmm. of um her friend's Name was Grace, right? Of Grace's yeah. husband, mm-hmm. um, and to get the the backstory on why that it was um, Grace was the one being abused in that storyline, um, and that you know, I, I just I I enjoyed that storyline the most. It felt the most. I agree with Julia that Alpha felt the most in control of her storyline, um, and I think that was also. Not that Violet or Kate weren't strong in their own accord, just in different ways. But um, that was the one that I was most excited to keep reading for.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I I read something else about um, Amelia's, uh, Amelia Hart's inspiration. um, And I'll, I'll read it really quickly because I think there's some parallels here. Her inspiration for Wayward came from two sources. The first was the global increase in domestic violence during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, which struck her as anachronistic. She felt that civilization should have evolved enough to have discarded such behavior by the 21st century. Hart was also influenced by her research into the Pendle Hill Witch Trials in 1612, when when community healers were targeted for persecution. The trials took place in Lancashire, close to the book's setting in Cumbria, England. Both violence against women and the persecution of rich witches feature prominently in the novel wayward falls in uh yeah and then it just as it falls into categories of women's historical fiction and historical literary fiction which will
0: did you say women's historical fiction that's what it says that's a separate genre hmm,
1: remember yeah I remember our our <clears throat> historical fiction um episode there's like a million, like, there's a lot of different genres. So maybe we'll we'll flip over to that question next about where we think this fits. If we think it's a historical fiction or not, what were your thoughts about that, though, Julia? You had a reaction.
0: I didn't realize there is a separate women's historical fiction. Like, why does it have to be separated out like that? Like, historical fiction is historical fiction. Why do we need to have? subgenres of it but whatever
1: there's a lot of them yeah. yeah
2: i have a thought on what you read about her though i thought it was telling as well about the the COVID 19 pandemic i thought it was telling that she had kate's storyline happen in 2019 mm-hmm. um and i'm glad that you read that because up till you said that it was she included that storyline or that said it during that time period because of the idea that this is something that should not be happening anymore you know Mm -hmm. like we're in the 21st century this is domestic abuse violence towards women is something that should not be happening anymore but um which i agree with obviously but until you mentioned that I thought that her choice to put it in 2019 was just so that she didn't have to deal with the pandemic within her timeline, within the storyline. So I was like, oh, that was convenient. But it it was, I think that was probably also something that had to do with it. But she specifically had say, it in 2019 rather than 1999, because it's to show that like, this is still happening today. Exactly. I don't know if that made sense. But.
1: No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I I do think that's interesting and I do think I had the same thought when I read that that she chose 2019 so that she didn't have to work <laughs> cuz I think she wrote it during covid it sounds like.
2: Well, it came out um, last year, right? So yeah, probably mm-hmm. she at least I would imagine she at least started the idea process in 2020. I don't know how what that what the typical timeline for writing a book is, but yeah. Probably depends on the author. Yeah, that's true. Um
1: in terms of responding to the the question for me um i liked all three of them i think the one that i i had the the most i guess sympathy for uh the one that the one that kind of broke my heart the hardest was violet yeah um because she was so naive to the world like she didn't she had no like reading the after she was raped by her cousin she didn't, she didn't even know what had happened she yeah. didn't have any concept of what had just happened to her or what could come of that you know she mm-hmm. she only knew the only thing she kept tying it back to was um some of her cuz she was very into insects uh which we we know all three women had a very close connection to them through you know their their the powers that they have um so she was always very drawn to insects and and loved learning about them and they I forget what the the word was but she kept coming back to the word that she had studied about which led to reproduction in, in, in insects um, you know what she thought back to
0: what it or something yeah, something what, that like wasn't that. that but something
1: yeah um so that that you know i i think i have the the softest place in my heart for violet because she was even though she was 16 you know a lot of 16 year olds today are are far more you know we could get get into the discussion of whether that's a good thing or a bad thing that they're they're much more worldly and and would likely know what had happened to them but it just broke my heart that like all of this happened to her it happened so quickly she had no idea how to stop it and you know um just like today still uh often women who are raped are Asked questions that make them feel like they're being blamed for what happened to them, mm-hmm. and that's how she was treated. Um, so that that one was the hardest for me to read, but also, uh, you know, the the one that that I just you know not connected to because I have not experienced that, but just my heart just just ate for that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that too.
1: So we talked a couple times. We wanted to delve into do we think this book qualifies as historical fiction? Megan, you clearly have some thoughts, so I'm going to open it up to you first.
2: I guess for me, historical fiction is a book that, like, couldn't happen without a specific event in history being part of it, if that makes sense. I, I don't know. And I feel like this is put into this, I feel like Wayward was put into historical fiction because it takes place in three different timelines, all of which have, you know, things it, that are associated with those timelines, like 1600s, we're thinking witch trials, 1942, we're thinking World War II. Um But I don't, f- I mean, I guess for Alpha, the witch trials would have made an important I don't know where I'm going with this i feel I just feel like it would it was almost more fantasy in certain places, but had very realistic themes with it. but I don't know what do you guys think <laughs>
0: <laughs> i I don't think it's misgenred um I think like you said the the witch trials obviously orientate. Altha's story. But in each of them, there's very specific things that happen. And while we don't necessarily share the experience, but these types of things do happen to women. And depending on what timeline you're in, like the consequences or the the way it plays out could be different, and I think maybe that could put it into historical fiction, That's or like Katie said, women's historical fiction. Yeah. Um.
2: So you're saying kind of the event or part of history that was highly researched for this that is pushing yeah. the story forward is the mistreatment of women in general. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I i i i start. I'm like starting to the change my mind. Hysterectomy. I yeah. mean. That's a great point, Julia. I think you're right.
0: Um, but I I could kind of see where you'd want to put it into fantasy, but it wasn't a huge part of it either. Yeah, that's true. Um, because they're they're not just out there wielding magic, right? Like they have these specific abilities, but it's not obvious. Mm-hmm. Like every like by the time you get to Violet growing older at Wayward College. Pe- college (laughs) cottage people are just kind of like yeah she's she's just kind of quirky but they accepted her Mm -hmm. it was a little more suspect in altha's time but by the time like we're so many years like hundreds of years removed from altha by the time you get to violet that i i don't know like it, it it was just quirky like it wasn't No, I don't think anybody truly believed that she had these abilities. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that.
2: Except for her cousin who she cursed with the swarm of mayflies, which was epic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he deserved it. Oh, yeah. 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 I think I think her father
0: deserved something like that, too. But obviously didn't he didn't get he didn't really get his comeuppance.
2: No, other than dying. But everybody dies. That was dark. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think for me especially after our exploration of what historical fiction is and knowing that there's so many different there there's there's a huge debate about what what belongs in the in the genre and what doesn't you know i think there's a lot of different opinions the the most uh agreed upon definition we could find is that it's it's a story that takes place in a, in a prior time period. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you're looking for a story that's going to teach you about some sort of significant historical event, you know, like, you know, the, the Holocaust or, you know, what have you um, it's, it's not going to necessarily give you that, but Julia, I think you, you definitely touched upon the heart of what it's about and it captures the female experience during those times, and um, I I I kind I I'm gonna jump into I think what my last question is, is why do we think this was so widely loved and why was it so popular? Why was it popular enough to to you know win these awards on Goodreads for for 2023? And I think it was very. Um, poignant in the sense that it's it's stories about women coming into their power when mm-hmm. they don't have power. Um and you know I'd be interested to know like how many men have read this book and, and loved it. Um I would Yeah re- Megan
0: go give it to Chris. Yeah
1: <laughs> I've already returned it to the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my Audible um, if if any of you want to, I, I bought it on Audible because I was not going to get it from the library soon enough for us to record together on this. So, um, so it's there if anybody wants to listen to it. And that's how I I read it was through Audible, which was a, a fun experience because it was different um, actresses for each of the the women um, in the storyline.
0: I like I like when they use different actresses mm-hmm. it, or different voice mm-hmm. people actors people yeah. because it makes it easier to follow keep track of where you are in the story agreed but i also liked in the book how it it changed like every chapter was changed to a different timeline no i don't think anybody had two chapters in a row
2: yeah i don't remember i
0: so they all had different stories at different times but they were all connected interconnected
1: yeah they were kind of following a similar plot line of you know these these things were happening to them, and through self discovery or or what have you, they they were able to mm-hmm. to fight back.
2: Mm-hmm. I liked the I didn't I I think I noticed this while I read, but I had forgotten it until you mentioned it, Katie, um, at the beginning. But how Alpha was in first person, and mm-hmm. then Violet and Kate were both in third person, and um, I just thought that was a like a brilliant choice that Amelia Hart made. Um, To kind of because we also talked about how Violet was the only one who felt we felt like was in charge of her storyline. So it was all I mean, my Alpha
0: Alpha. Sorry,
2: that's what I meant. Yes, Alpha um, was the only one who was had power in her storyline like the whole time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it's possible. Do you think that um, maybe Alpha was also telling Violet and Kate's stories? Or do you think it was just to show that the Altha's storyline was the journal that Violet and Kate read from Altha?
1: I'm curious what your thoughts yeah. are. The latter was was what I thought. I thought it was meant to... I, because you don't know initially that that's what is going to happen, that they're going right. to find her journal, and then it makes sense that it's being told that way. It's like she's, the, her journal is being read.
0: hmm Yeah. I think she maybe inherently knew that she was going to be like the the guiding force for the rest of the the wayward yeah. women mm-hmm. coming down the line um which is why I want to know about the other ones
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if she'll write more that'd be interesting yeah
1: Amelia if you're listening we want more
2: yeah <laughs> yeah I also liked the short chapters the chapters were fairly mm-hmm. short that was nice
1: yeah it kept things moving forward Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts, observations, or, or things that we didn't touch upon that you wanted us to get to?
2: I have a thought, um, and I it, it, I'm kind of working through it as I'm saying it, so bear with me. But I'm, I thought it was interesting that the people in 1619 thought that having leeches put on them was a better treatment for an illness than natural medicine from, like, herbs. Well, they would that? do did a you? lot of
0: that kind of stuff. Yeah. They did, like, bloodletting. Like, they they did a lot of weird stuff with blood.
2: Yeah. But w- I'm just wondering which, which practice was older, which one was really considered the traditional medicine at the time. Like, I feel like Altha and her mother's medicine was probably older, passed down from generation to generation, whereas I feel like the leeches and bloodletting was probably a newer treatment. So it's just interesting to me how people can, and I think this is something that still happens today, but how people can, I don't know where I'm going with discount. this. Yeah, discount traditional holistic type things. I don't know.
1: I think if you think about where those remedies came from. They're largely, like you said, passed down from generation to generation through women. And as medicine and science started to emerge, the experts and authorities in that were men. Mm-hmm. And I would posit that that's why those things got discounted, even if they were the older, more proven, um, whether they were documented in the same way that that science started to be documented. that That would be my my thought
2: I would say you're probably right yeah
1: all right well I think (laughs) we all really enjoyed the book Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed the conversation that I had with the two of you thank you for doing this with me every month I always enjoy it and um, as we said at the beginning this is a, a very rainy day and I think we should all go and read some more books
2: I agree. Speaking
0: of reading, um I just want to put a little plug in for hopefully what happens next month if you want to join us. We're going to be reading um Two is a Pattern by Emily Waters. We have had her, yeah, we've had her on on our show before uh, when we talked about her first book, which was excellent, called um Honey in the Marrow. Her newest book, uh, Two is a Pattern, came out this year in January. Um, So we're excited to read it. And then we're going to talk to her next month. So if you are interested, go get your copy. It's on Amazon or wherever you want to buy books. So looking
1: yeah. forward to that.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: All right, then. With that, we will sign off. And until next time, read, share and repeat.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: That brings us to a close on this chapter of Sibling Library. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let's read, share, and repeat.